Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. Glad to have you along with us. Plenty to get to in your questions. Plenty of good questions out there in the mailbag. We're going to dive in and give you the best answers and, and the most knowledgeable answers we can give you based on where things are at right now, as it's always a moving target for sure uh, with a new coaching staff being assembled, certainly with Josh Heupel being uh, on board now as Tennessee's coach. Again, the, the podcast brought to you by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Check them out online at Blue Water Climate Control. Com. You can give them a call at 865-299-2290. Don't forget that their winner-only promotion uh, with that mini unit is ongoing. Uh, perfect for a little small area, small space that you're trying to heat and cool. Um, it, it's a great opportunity to check out this deal that they've got going right now. It will not be here for the spring and the summer. So uh, jump on in and, and check them out at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. They've got a couple of other things brewing in February that you're going to be interested in. We'll talk to you about that a little bit more in the coming weeks as well. But let's get to your questions in the mailbag podcast with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. And gentlemen, we will start with uh, the first one out of the gate. Who do you think are the two main guys that Hypel's going to feature at running back? And also, do you think Heupel moves Beckwith to a tight end position like Pitts was at Florida? I don't know. I think it's way too early to tell. Um, you know, the running back position, you know, out of the new out of the new guys, I think Jalen Wright fits better than maybe the, even Tyon Evans and or Cody Brown because if he's a slasher, he's a speed guy, um, you know, can get, up, get him out there in space. Um, as far as, you know, current guys back, I still would lean on a guy like Jabari Small. Um, Tyon Evans is a newcomer, but he's a Juco guy. And, and, and maybe we'll see about Joe D back with, I can see him playing a different position in this offense. You know, the interesting him being somebody that this is a good, a good change for him. And I'm not saying he'll stay at running back, but an athlete like that, I, I think I can find a way to get the ball in his hands somehow. You know, it's interesting about this offense because everybody talks about the points scored and, and the theory, the feeling that they throw it 65 or 70 times a game or what, or something like that. They've averaged about 2,000 yards rushing in this offense under Josh Heupel. So, Rob, it's not just a situation where they throw it and spread it all the time. They do want to run out of the spread and, and the run game. They're, they're more balanced than you would think that they would be um, w- when you think of what this offense and, and kind of the perception of this offense. Which yeah, I mean, even though he's, a, he's, I guess he's kind of a branch off the, the leech tree, but no, I mean, it, they do not throw it all the time. Just like you said, I looked those numbers up today too. And, um, it, you know, the run game is part of it and, you know, getting it done with, with formations, with motions, you know, kind of slide a hand. I think the, you know, and he went out of his way to mention that today that he wanted to be balanced. It wasn't a sling it all over the, the yard type of offense. And um, I, I mean, I think that's a good thing. Cause I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that you can win in the sec without having a, a physical ground game being part of the equation. All right, let's go to the question number two out of the gate. AP, what does Ty Simpson think about Josh Heupel? If Lebby is coming, does that bode well for the Vols in his recruitment? Also, who are some of the early defensive coordinator names? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to, to um, help Jeff Lebby buy a house in Knoxville. I'm not saying that that's not a possibility, Austin, but I don't know that Jeff Lebby and, and Josh Heupel are going to be reunited uh, at, at Tennessee when it's all said and done. Uh, we'll see. T- tell me what you think about that. What do you think Simpson feels about Heupel? Has he done much research on him yet? Where are you, where are you with defensive coordinators? Um, I agree with you on Jeff Levy. In fact, I would lean to him not being here. Um, you know, um, this is kind of the feeling I have is, you know, we sat here on Thursday morning. 
Um, you know, where does he turn from there? We'll see. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think Ty Simpson had a very productive talk. We'll have a story up later today, um, you know, on, on Ty and, and, and his first conversation with Josh Heupel. Um, really liked, you know, what he heard. But that's expected. I mean, Ty, Ty you know, Ty, Ty likes to throw the ball. So, I mean, like, you know, they're, they're going to – it's going to appeal to him. So, um, you know, we'll see where things develop from here. But it, it's pretty clear that, you know, he's at least slowing things down, you know, for now. We'll see, you know, how quickly he speeds things back up. And we'll see how quickly, uh, you know, this this whole thing gets going as far as the relationship building between he and Josh Heupel. As far as defensive coordinators, I don't know, man. I mean, like, you know, unless he can talk Kevin Steele into staying, and I think that's a long shot at best, you know, um, I, I, I don't know where he'll go. I mean, do you think he would want to talk Steele into staying? Is is bringing Randy Shannon not an option, or is Shannon going to get a shot to get the, get the edge out there? They hate really? him. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a forced hire on Josh Heupel that he did not uh, – just a marriage that never worked. So, Forced by the uh, guy who just hired him here? I do believe so, yes. It's an interesting dynamic to that relationship. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would use the word hate, but I don't think there's good. there was good chemistry there. And and I don't. And because of that, I don't – That's don't, fair. That's fair. Yeah, Maybe right. hate's not the right word. They, Randy, Randy Shannon's not going to be on the staff is the, is the bottom line. Um, you know, as for Kevin Steele, I, I just think Kevin – it's going to be, it would be hard for Kevin to stay. I think, I think that would be, um, you know, they don't know each other. So that would be a difficult dynamic. And, and, you know, Kevin still certainly had interest in being the head, the head coach here. And he doesn't know anybody here. You know, the, the two people that he agreed to come and work for are, are no longer here and Philip Fulmer and, and Jeremy Pruitt. So Kevin's got opportunities, I'm sure in the NFL, some other things out there and he's got a big check from Auburn and could have a big check from Tennessee as well. So I don't think the financial part of it is I'm just not sure he would see that it would be a good fit, good chemistry marriage situation uh, with, with Josh Heupel, but we'll see. I mean, you never I mean, say never. Does he walk away? If he walks away, he leaves $900,000 on the table, right? Unless Tennessee but, cuts. I mean, unless Tennessee parts ways with him. Well, that's I mean, what I was going to say. I mean, it could be, could it be like <laughs> a game of chicken? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> like, if, if you fire me, you owe me $900,000 or I'm going to stick around. Kind of like George Costanza when he, <laughs> he locked himself in the office and crawling through the air vent. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I think, I think what happened at Auburn is he, he, he probably went in and told, um, I'm going to butcher his last name. So I'm just going to call him coach Brian. Um, the, the new the new hire from Boise State. I, I just think he went in and said, "Hey, you know, we need to go our separate direct. We need to go our separate ways because this is not a good. You know, this is not going to be. This could be awkward, basically. And so that's how he ended up getting his Auburn money. And if you're him, I mean, he's going to go back and say, "Hey, I signed a deal, and people that signed a deal aren't even here anymore. Um, and, and you know, we'll we'll see what kind of deal that they work out or, or what they get done moving forward." I, you know, Kevin Steele's been good all the way through this. He'll be in the office that, you know, they had a conversation, I think, on Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon. Um, we'll see if they have follow-up conversation from there. I, I don't know about other D.C. names. I think that's going to be interesting to see, you know, what names float out there. Who does he know? Who does he have a relationship with? And who advises him or helps him to find some names? You know what I mean? Is there a is there a decent, you know, coordinator at a non-power five place that's ready? Is there an assistant he knows somewhere? It's not going to be Barry Odom. It's not going to be Randy Shannon. I don't believe it's going to be Kevin Steele. Where it goes from there, I, I don't, 
I don't have any idea at this point. I don't know that he'll be in a big hurry for that hire. I know the players want to know, but Austin, they're all in class. So that's settled down from a a leaving transferring standpoint right now. And I just don't think he wants to rush, you know, the defensive coordinator hire because it's too important and too vital for for his success at Tennessee. The most important things he can do is hire a really quality defensive coordinator and then hire a, a set of recruiters, a guy that a guys that have been able to recruit in this league and, and do it at a high level. To me, that if Josh Heupel is going to have success, those are the most you know the two biggest things he's got to get done. All right, on to the next one. Hoops we go. Is Fulkerson dealing with injuries? To me, it seems like he's not getting or trying to get good position on a low block, which has nothing to do with injuries. What's going on with Fulkerson? It's the million dollar question with this team, Rob, or one of the million dollar questions. I mean, I don't, I don't think that he's a hundred percent healthy, but I don't think he's going through anything that's debilitating. Rick's mentioned that, you know, he's got kind of a little nagging back thing. His right thumb, which is his non-shooting hand is got, you know, some, some kind of deal there, but any coach doesn't go after guys as hard as he has gone after Fulky recently if they're dealing with injuries. I mean, he's, you know, back in the past, I can remember, you know, Robert Hubbs struggling and Rick being quick to point out that, that he was injured at times. And then at times when the Hubbs struggled, Rick just unloaded with both barrels on him. And like Saturday night, Viscovi was not very good. Rick was asked about him after the game and he was real quick to point out that, you know, he was just proud of the way he tried to, you know, gut through a, that hip injury. So, you know, I don't, I don't know that Fulky's a hundred percent, but I also don't think he's playing through anything serious. He just, not, he's not getting it done right now. I mean, the last two games, he's not even taking a shot in the first half, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, just not been a factor for sure. Um, all right, back to football. Are there any names we're targeting in the portal now that you have a head coach? Is Aubrey Solomon staying? Uh, will the new staff use the remaining scholarships in this class, mainly on grad transfers or transfers in general? All right, Austin, let's go. I'm going to use the remaining scholarships in this class on, uh, class on transfers. I don't see him signing anybody. Uh, of note next Wednesday to you. Yeah, he talked about that a little bit, like as far as like, you know, waiting until after spring and see what materializes there. Um, unless he's got some, you know, high school prospect that they were going to get in the second signing period at UCF and he wants to bring them with him. Yeah, I, I think it behooves them to wait until after spring, which I think you'll see an influx of kids go into the portal after spring practice. Might be even some here that go into the portal, but I think there'll be a lot of kids that do that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as names, no. I mean, the guy's been on the job, you know, 12 hours. So, I mean, on, he's, a, he's a staff of one, you know. At, he really is. I mean, like, you know, the, the other guys that are currently on staff are getting let go. So, I mean, like, he, he does not have any staff members here with him. So, um, he spent most of, you know, Wednesday calling recruits Wednesday night, spent some time with Kevin Steele. I don't think he is, you know, doing a whole lot of, you know, looking at the JUCO ranks and those type of things so what do we think the salary pool is looking like is it going to be what jeremy had to work with do you guys think and so are they going to essentially yeah i I agree it better be and they're on top of paying the rate they were they're also going to i guess they're going to pay cheney's 1.6 they're going to pay ansley's one well, Ansley will be mitigated because he's taking a job with, okay. with, with the NFL. He's going to end up in the NFL. I don't know but if that's probably not at a million sport. million bucks. No, probably not. But it, there'll be some mitigation there on that one. I'd say, um, and I'd say Jim Jim might be happy to go sit at the cabin on the wind, on the Wind River for a year and take his one point six. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think he's absolutely not going to do anything, um, you know, there and and just you know take his take his money for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's minimal, right? Yeah, they're going to have to pay some of that. You know, they have to pay some buyouts on some guys, but you, you knew that to begin with. And you know, look, Danny White's on record saying that he told his head coaches in all sports, "We're going to give you all the resources you need to go to go chase a championship or win a championship." So I don't see that that salary pool uh, dropping. And again, if the, if they were really swinging for you know, six, $7 million at, at guys out there uh, like James Franklin and uh, Austin. I think there were other power five guys that may have gotten phone calls that, w- that will never confirm it publicly on the record. You know, some big name guys out there. Um, and, and I think they were talking pretty large sums of money with them. So uh, I don't know where the money tree has been found at, at Tennessee. I was getting ready to say there's been, it's apparently there's some, somewhere. There's some boosters that have decided they're, that they're really interested. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about Aubrey Solomon. I don't expect him back. Do you, Austin? I don't know. I mean, I, I've not heard that he's gone. So I, I think there's a possibility that he's back. I mean, you know, I, I've not honestly looked to see if he's in the student directory or anything like that. But I mean, again, that, that thing was so screwed up last week that you had guys like Darnell who never went to the pool, never left. And yet he was gone from the student directory for a couple of days. All right. Onward to the next question. In your opinion, why did all these guys leave our program without giving a new coach a chance? I don't like that guys can just leave like that. Seems like there's no accountability in college football anymore, and it will end up just feeding the rich. For example, three Tennessee players who are going to Oklahoma. Surprise the portal. And, and I don't think – I don't just don't think there's on either side of the street, and I think this has been trending in this way for a while, in my opinion, I don't think there's loyalty. I, I don't think the players feel loyalty from the coaches because coaches leave in the middle of the night. Some, you know, they don't tell guys bye. Um, they can go whenever they want to go, and now this is set up for kids that they can leave whenever they want to leave. It's a little bit of a cool thing to do, um, and so I, I just I don't think there's a whole lot of loyalty factor there at this point. It, it is truly business decisions for all parties involved. I, I don't, in my opinion, you know, I think this thing whole this whole thing set up as he as the the poster said to to continue to you know let you know teams that are winning be good. But really, it almost behooves you to not. And by the way, it's the second time I've used behoove in this this podcast. That's if you drag it home. Um, but it, it does, uh, you know, I think give you know merit to you know not making a change because I think if you make a change at head coach, you're going to see schools come in and just pillage rosters. You know, and especially ones where like they have a, a cloud over it, like Tennessee does. So I mean, you know, I I understand. I've seen the whole that's fishy. All three guys go to Oklahoma. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. But hey, hey Hubbard, I'm glad that you didn't want to bet me before the podcast that AP would use more behooves than than crazy movie references. It's still Three early in the podcast. We're not done yet. Um, all right, on to the next one. Seems like boosters were mentioned less than the previous in less in this search than in previous searches. Were they less involved? Was it more hushed, like <laughs> the entire search was? Safe to assume Simpson was one of the first calls he made. We've already addressed the Simpson stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think while, you know, you say Josh Heupel is a staff of one, uh, I think Danny White was a staff of one in this coaching search. But based on everybody that um, everybody that you talk to and, and, and everything and trying to figure it out out there, it was it was Danny White. I don't think anybody else knew a whole lot was going on until he was ready to tell them who the coach was. Yep, that's exactly right. I think you know that your your major boosters in play here weren't having a daily dialogue or getting you know filled in every you know so often. This was Danny White and then the two guys he brought with him from UCF. You know, 
hitting the hitting the, the sky miles down to Atlanta and riding the black navigator around. Yeah. That was it. That was their long trip on a Monday, right? Um, rolling to Atlanta to do a day's worth of work. They did a lot of, you know, Zoom calls and phone calls otherwise, but that was their one day out of the office where they spent most of the day in Atlanta. All right. Um, good question here. Just after some time has passed, uh, what are your thoughts on this hire? Um, and with the right staff, could this be a good fit for Tennessee? What's, you know, the, the you, you've got a little bit of a get away from all the, the, the immediacy reaction of it. What, as you talk to more people looking at things, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on Josh Heupel? Rob, we'll start with you. Well, first off, <clears throat> and we've, I think to a man, maybe AP might have wavered a little bit on Kiffin, but I think to a man, we've all said, and especially since Danny White was hired and had his press conference, that Hugh Freeze wasn't getting this job and Lane Kiffin wasn't getting this job. And I, and I think both of those guys could have warned you. But throw that out. And then if you can't get James Franklin to take seven or eight million dollars, if you can't get Matt Campbell to take seven or eight million dollars, then from the, you know, the, the waters where Tennessee was fishing, I like Heupel. I like the fact that he's, you know, had, had a top 10 scoring offense and points and yardage all of his three years. Yeah, that was at Central Florida. But, you know, I, I think that speaks for itself. He's been a winner. Some people say, yeah, well, you know, they've gone down. They've won less every year since he's been there. I mean, he had 10 guys opt out this year. It was a weird year. I like the fact that he's been in the SEC at Missouri. Um, he knows what it's like on the ground in this league. I like the fact that he, you know, he came up and cut his teeth in a power five program that competed for national championships at Oklahoma, spent over a decade there as a player and as, as an assistant coach. And I like the fact that he's an offensive guy. I mean, he's, you know, he's part of this new age of, of offense. And, and I, mean, I don't know if you can call him an innovator, but I mean, he's on board with all the high flying stuff that we're seeing now. I mean, he's, he, you know, is it hiring Nick Saban for Alabama in 2007? No, it's not. But, you know, given the landscape here in Knoxville, the NCAA investigation, where the program's at, how tough the job looks from the outside when you look at the schedule every year, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty okay with the high block. Austin? I think it could be good. I think it could be good. I, you know, I, again, I, I think he's got to prove that he can be a better recruiter. I mean, you talk to too many people that say, you know, he's not dynamic in that world. Can he change? Yeah. I mean, I thought he showed more personality today than I thought he was going to going in, you know, based off of everybody that I had talked to, just the way that he had been described. I mean, I hadn't sat there and watched a bunch of Josh Heupel interviews to get a feel for him, you know, so I, I, I had a kind of a, the way everybody had described it. And then when the way he talked, I, he, 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 I thought he was more engaging than, you know, than people let on. Um, so I think that that sets up better for him to be a, on the recruiting trail. Um, and just how much does he, does he buy into it? And again, I go back to, you know, his hires, you know, who does he get to recruit and then who does he get to be as DC? Yep. Let, me, let, me, let me ask you, I mean, who do you think they could have gotten that would have been better? I mean, the only, only argument I can think of is, is Jamie Chadwell. I mean, and I think that they were scared off by his lack of any type of experience at this level in any role. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, look, the, the, the reality is this was not the, the first and only choice, okay? I mean, they, they swung at a lot of people, uh, and it and it. But didn't, he said, Hubs, but he said. Can't. Well, but everybody he said. said. The, only, <laughs> the, the only press conference I've ever heard where somebody said they weren't the first choice was Jerry Green when he said, I might not be the first choice, but I'm the right choice. Um, 
you know. Uh, but Where's no. Chris Lowe, dude? Where's Chris Lowe? <laughs> you should zoom in. What? <laughs> so we got my boat. You, you know, I, I mean, Chap, I think. <laughs> so what, what? Where was I at? I have no idea. Oh, um, you know, I, I think that you're right, Rob. I mean, I don't know. I mean, after Tony Elliott says, you know, no, and he's not, he's not going to do it, and and that's where he's going. Uh, he's going to stay at Clemson with a nine hundred thousand dollar raise. I mean. Look, th- this guy's—he's been in the SEC. Um, he, he's been a head coach, and he's won as a head coach. And his offenses have put up points everywhere he's been. I'll go back to what I wrote um, on Wednesday morning uh, about the hire, and that is who's his defensive coordinator going to be. I think that's key. Exactly what Austin said about recruiting—he's got to show that he can do that. And I do think he has to transform into more of a CEO role because. You can't just be, and I know he's come out and said he's going to call his own plays. He said that on John and Jimmy's show um, Wednesday afternoon, which is another reason why I don't think Jeff Lebby's coming here. Um, so can he be, can he do that, which he obviously loves to do, and be a CEO the way you got to be a CEO at Tennessee with all the things that you have to do? Um, so I, I guess I've got a little more wait and see approach. I was I left the press conference more impressed with him than I thought I would be, um, and. Um, you know, I just don't think that I don't think the waters were deep, Rob. So yeah, I mean, I think with what hey, your potential swimmers, what's your the waters right weren't the, the waters weren't deep, guys, because all the waters leaked out. That's what <laughs> happens when you have leaks. Yeah, that's it. We they the, they ran everybody off. Nobody was interested in the job because of leaks. I don't. Uh, but you know, I, I just I don't think the candidate pool was very deep. I, obviously, I think I that's, agree that's, completely. That's showing that's showing up. Uh, for sure. And I, and I don't mean that as a knock on Josh Heupel. I just think that's the reality of where this Tennessee job was at, at this point. All right, moving on here. Possibility of Rodney Garner and Travis Williams being on the staff. I don't know about Travis Williams. I think Rodney Garner would listen if Tennessee made a phone call there. Uh, offensive player that isn't a quarterback that will benefit most from Heupel. Give me a guy, both of you. I think AP said it earlier, Jabari Small. And I think Jalen Hyatt. I mean, Jalen Hyatt would have benefited from anybody that is a head coach, but I bet you they find a way to, to, to get the ball in his hands. I'm going to go Jimmy Holiday. Ooh, I like that one, App. I like that one. That's a good one. I'm going to go, if he buys in, I'm going to go Malachi Weidman because of what um, Heupel said today about you got to cater to what your kids can do, you know, and put them in the best positions to win. And, and I think that um, that probably didn't happen enough with Malachi his freshman year. I think he's a weapon that they will certainly like, uh, provided that Malachi Weidman buys in. Not shocking that all three of us picked offensive guys because that makes the most sense, and that was the qu- it was the question. So we did pick offensive guys because that's what he asked us to do. Um, any rumblings that UCF players following Heupel to Tennessee? Heupel made it clear today that he would not do that and did not welcome that, did not think that was the right thing to do. Austin, you brought up this question in the press conferences, and Aaron Hayden represented his interview on 104.5, but how best should this coaching staff and AD involve former players in the program to instill the culture that was there previously? I think it's massive. I think it's huge. I, I think it. Um, I, well, it's, it's hard right now during COVID because it's not like you can have some big get together. Um, you know, but I think in a perfect world, once COVID gets passed, I think you got to do some type of get together where you, you know, you get together with, with a bunch of former guys and, you know, make them, you know, feel extremely welcome. I think it starts by reaching out to all the right guys. You know, I mean, we, 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 you know, you reach out to Al Wilson, you re- reach out to Fred White, 
Um, you know, Fred White's a guy that's a glue guy from that 98 group. You reach out to Joey Kent. You reach out to Aaron Hayden. But, I mean, I think that that will be done. You know, the Aaron Hayden will be somebody that Tennessee's going to reach out to. Um, you know, and, and that, but I think you, you got to reach out to guys like Ramon Foster and Jason Swain because they're sitting there on the radio every day and they have such big followings. Like, I, I think that, you know, getting all of those guys on the same page goes a long way to kind of fixing some things uh, in that regard. And I, and I feel confident. I mean, I think Heupel, as, as a former player himself at a big-time program that, you know, where guys have a lot of pride in in the program where, where it really means a lot. I mean, I think he gets that, like down to his bones. Yeah, and, you know, that obviously – that situation in Oklahoma is, is difficult because he got fired there, and I think that's been strained. So I think that he probably is – further cognizant of having people and, you know, players feel comfortable coming back. Cause I don't know that he's going to any Oklahoma reunions anytime soon. So I, I think that's something that he, he is mindful of and um, will be aware of it and, and will focus on that as Austin asked him about it today or, or on Wednesday, whatever day you, you in think, the press conference. You, you think he'll try to get them to still, to still play that series. Oklahoma. I wonder, I, but before we move on from the player top, I bet he, I bet he doesn't make, make him call and make an appointment. No, probably doesn't have to call and make an appointment and get a name tag to come in, uh, as we've seen with some people in the past. All right. Um, get that to scholarship. Scholarships are most important thing, but it's really about what you do with him, not just having him. I think limiting to a one-year bowl ban is more important than a few extra scholarships. If you think any top players might pass on us with a long bowl ban, thoughts? I agree with this. Two-year ban might not do a ton, but three years would really limit the type of kids we could get here. Just a thought. Look, a three-year ban changes everything. I don't anticipate that anyway nah, it's going to be a three-year That's borderline ban. death penalty. Um, I don't see that. I, I agree that, you know, best-case scenario, you want a two-year – you want a one-year ban, not a two-year ban. Um, I think the scholarships are a little more valuable, I think, than Austin does. But I don't dis- – I don't completely disagree with Austin. I, I just think if you're giving me larger number of scholarships and you say you got to pick a – Loss of more scholarships or loss of an extra year bowl ban to a two-year bowl ban, I'm going to lean towards the two-year bowl ban and give me the scholarships, but that's just me. I'm with you. I'm gonna... The two-year bowl ban looks bad. It looks really bad. But having, you know, 10 more players in your program, I think is more important than playing in the livery bowl. Go away, Pete. Sorry. I, I, I just I, – I'm the opposite side of that because I think that, you know, if you're Ty Simpson or Dallin Hayden or – Walter Nolan or Cam Miller or any of these top players in the state of Tennessee for 2022 and you see one year bowl ban doesn't affect me it affects the guys on this next year's team by the time I get there we're going to a bowl whereas if you are looking at a two-year bowl ban well I don't think it's a big deal that they wouldn't go to a bowl their freshman year I think kids kind of get caught up in the you know the here and now um, so I think that they, that it potentially could hurt Tennessee more so than let's say if they t- could only take 21 instead of 25 for a couple of years. I think it, you know, when I look at recruiting classes, you you got about four that are kind of like projections. We're going to see if we can develop them type pieces, you know, and I know those guys help with the program, but I, I don't think that Tennessee could, I think Tennessee could find their way around losing a few scholarships more so than the look of an impact of a bowl ban. Well, I agree with the look part. I really do. But, I mean, you say, I mean, it's, it, it puts so much more pressure on, I mean, those, those last four kids in your class might not work out, but it puts so much pressure on you to hit on all your evaluations, which is hard to do. 
All right, on, on to the next one there. What are the first three things Hypo needs to do to have a good head start here at Tennessee? Staff is number one, I think. I, I think it's first. I think it first and foremost starts with the staff. Uh, secondly, I think it's recruiting in the state, which he hit on today, and he's obviously got started on uh, immediately on the job. Um, and um, I think the other thing too is just go to work. I mean, I, I don't think he's got to make a whole lot of public appearances and just just roll up the sleeves and go to work. But I think staff and recruiting are where it starts and ends with, with Josh Heupel. Rob, two basketball questions for you here as time's getting away from us. In hindsight, did we expect too much from this team considering the two best players were always going to have to be the freshmen? Now that we know who and what they are, what's cut, what's the ceiling for this team? It appears evident about half this roster can't play at the SEC level, question mark. Uh, without <laughs> naming any names, uh, we all know who they are. Do you expect three or four of these guys to be gone at the end of the season to make room for transfers, especially in the post where we're the most deficient? No, I don't, I don't think three or four guys are going to transfer out. I still think this team can be really good. Or they, you know, a month ago, I thought they had the potential to be, be final four good. They're going to have to really get better for me to think that again. But they can still, I mean, they can make a run in the NCAA tournament. Fulkerson has got a snap out of it. He's got to be the guy that we saw in the back half of the SEC season last year. I don't, there's no reason that can't happen. I mean, he was not good early in the year last year in conference. He's got to come on. I mean, I'm encouraged by what we've seen from Eves. The last couple of games, I think Rick is lit a fire under him, and I think the, the message has been received. And I would, if I'm a fan, I am highly, highly encouraged by what I saw in the last four minutes against um, Mississippi State when Keon and Jaden just took over. I think you're going to see that become more and more the norm as we go forward. I keep going back to it. With a minute 30 left and Fulkerson on the floor, Rick called a timeout and dribble play for Jaden and Keon to play each other, play off each other. And uh, Keon made it happen. I, I think that was huge. Yep. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they look like and how they play going forward. Going forward. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in and do this with this question. We get, we're running out of time here. A lot of this, some of these are repeated about Kevin Steele. I think we've addressed most of that. Some of the stuff about who the linebacker is going to be. Uh, I think that's a little early to get into. We have to see who the defensive coordinator is and all that. But question here is how nerve wracking is it to be the first one out there and having all the ball fans run with what you're reporting and not have it confirmed from other members of the media. I'd be interesting to know what was going through your mind as the night progressed last night. Slept like a baby, took a melatonin and was out. Right, right, Austin Price? I'm not going to lie to him. Uh, I <laughs> I'm mean, not like, I'm not either. I, well, you have to understand that Hubs is naturally, and Rob will attest because he's been around Hubs longer than I have, but Hubs is a pessimism by nature, okay? He's not sure the sun's coming up tomorrow. Yeah, he's, he really he is. He, okay, is. So he like, probably is, but if it does, then he's not going to be surprised. So we could have been out there on a big, sturdy oak limb, and he would have thought we were on a damn twig, okay? So, I'm like, I mean, like, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I felt good about it. We had it from not one, not two, not three, but but three places. And, and, and listen, you know, um, it, it, anytime you're out on a limb with any story early, it, there's a little bit of – you know, you know, I guess nervousness there. And so, uh, yeah, they're the, because, hey, listen, at the end of the day, look what happened to Jimmy Himes, you know, and I, everybody likes, you know, mess with Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's a good dude. Like, it, and Jimmy's like, a pro. I mean, people like to he, he is. He's, he's a pro, he's you know. Pro. Um, and, and so, so like, look what happened to him. Like, so, like, anytime you're out there, like, you know, the, 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 the doubt creeps in a little bit, even if you know what you have is good. Like, you start going, you know, 
got hub or connect the dots of what we have. Everything is good. You know, but then you still like, you know, in the back of your mind, start, you know, trying to like, it, it, it feels it. better when the, it feels better when the head coach calls you himself, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it feels a lot better. Yeah. Those, those are, those are certainly a lot better, but it's one of those deals where, when you put but it also feels there. good when the AD calls up, t- talks about leaks up there at the press conference. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, and, and look, let's be honest. We, we did not write last night or Tuesday night that he was hired. We, we wrote that Heupel was, you know, had emerged as a leading candidate. Uh, but, you know, the, the most nerve-wracking part is when you put something out there and, and nobody generally follows you. You know, nobody follows. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you put out, you know, you put out that they are zeroing in on, on Danny White and you know, a couple minutes later, 10 minutes later, whatever it was, you, you got a national person yeah. saying it's Pete done. Thamel's, Pete Thamel's on the bus. You know, and you're like, oh, yeah, I had that. You know, but when you put something out there and there's hours passed and nobody else is saying anything, you know, then you are then, then you start to get a little bit, uh, and, you know, you start to question some things. But uh, it's part of the business. It's, it's part of what you do, and it's part of how you go about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's always unsettling moments when, when that takes place. So, um, I, was, anyway. I was at the basketball game Tuesday night after AP's post asking, you, you know, UT staffers what time the press conference was going to be on Wednesday. And they were looking at me like I had two heads. Yep, because nobody knew what, for, what was going on. I mean, it was, it was in a tight circle, and um, they certainly did not want it out. We, we obviously learned that from Danny White. And we also learned what they were trying to do. They were trying to basically do uh, some type of joint announcement or, or a simultaneous announcement with – both Central Florida and Tennessee, where those guys found out first. And, and I hate that those guys, you know, both sides didn't find out, but that's just not the world we live in anymore. I mean, you know, it's not been that way for a long, long time. Uh, guys are going to hear it on social media first, and there's not anything else you can do about it um, because of the way, you know, the sport is covered and the way college athletics are covered. So anyway, um, some of the other questions in here, we'll continue to, to dig on that stuff and, and we'll continue to see what this staff looks like. Uh, I think that um, I think you'll have a much more. You'll have a much more clearer picture by the time that you know everybody listens to this in the morning. Um, you know, because obviously we're taping this at you know past midnight. Uh, you know, so here in a few hours. So by by, by the middle of the morning, I think you're gonna you're gonna have a, a clearer picture on at least some of the guys that I think he'll be bringing with him. Yeah, and and I would think the focus with that would you know be some offensive guys, as you mentioned, the offensive line coach and some other things like that would make the most sense. Uh, because I don't know how many defensive hires he would make before having a defensive coordinator in place. But I think he will move quickly on some staff guys because he needs help to get this, to, you know, with the current roster, certainly in recruiting and wants to get this thing off the ground and get going. So uh, we'll continue to track all that for you. We'll give you the latest that we have on that. We'll continue to cover basketball. And again, we'll have plenty of stories in the coming days, uh, starting on Thursday uh, about the, the class of 22 in state, some of their reaction Uh, to the phone calls and messages that they've received from Josh Heupel. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com mailbag podcast. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.